Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the MobileCast. We are on Episode 9, and we're still coming to you live from Denver. This is actually the last podcast that we're recording here at BriForum, and I want to thank Brian Madden and the Tech Target team for being so kind to give me some space, quiet space to record this, but I'm lucky enough here to be joined by Yitzik Spitzen from Redo. And Yitzik, why don't you introduce yourself and let's get going. Thank you, Brian. So I'm uh, Yitzik Spitzen. I'm the CTO and founder of uh, Redo Mobility. And um, uh, that's me. And I'll be happy to talk with you about you know our solution today. So Yitzik, what does Redo do? Let, you know, because we'll get into it, but you know, high, very high level, What's Redo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. So Redo is actually helping organizations have those Windows assets that are running in their data center, typically on virtualization environments, uh, end-user computing, we like to call it, and uh, allowing uh, people to consume those applications from uh, uh, thin clients or desktops, while uh, when they have some mobile scenarios, if they just push the application as is with a VDI protocols, it just doesn't work. So we're helping those organizations. We're plugging to the application and allowing you to customize it for a mobile use case. So it's fair to say that what you do is you allow people to consume legacy Windows applications on their mobile devices. Yes, exactly. I think the, the, the other uh, point here to mention is it's very important because those applications are consumed on the desktop. They typically serve multiple types of scenarios, multiple types of users and roles and and etc. And... and uh, uh, what we're allowing, in addition to just consume the application, is kind of like break it to a suite of uh, family of applications, um, each one for every role in every typical scenario, because people are in, on the mobile world, they're used to consuming those applications in byte pizzas as opposed to, you know, full Some, apps. Yeah, something I talk about, which is focus on what the user needs exactly. and actually focus on the piece that they're going to use in the scenario they are. Is it fair to say you're part of this suite of apps, or I should say suite of companies that deal with app refactoring? Yeah, uh, we don't necessarily love the term app refactoring, it, it, but yes. It, it, it's funny. <laughs> Nobody likes the term app refactoring, but, and I'll, I'll, let me put it to you. What term would you use that's not 10 sentences long that would define what you do? Yeah, so we liked, at the time, IDC coined a, a term uh, mobile experience virtualization. We thought it's like describing it pretty nicely, but again, you know, we're, um, the, you know, Brian Maiden, call it uh, call it app refactoring. People used to call it app refactoring, so it's okay. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about Red of the company. How old is it? So the company is uh, about a year and a half old, but it's a it's actually a spin-off of another company we dealt with mainly in the, in the previous incarnation of the company. Uh, its name was Gizmox. We we were dealing mainly with developers. Uh, we developed a platform for uh, developers and a framework to create web, mobile, and HTML5 applications using .NET tools, um, and we spun off about a year and a half ago. Okay, so Gizmox was the original company. Exactly. So you're a year and a half old. If you don't mind me asking as a startup, where are you on your funding? So we are uh, well that funded. Well, that, you're well, that you're willing to share? Yeah, we're well funded. Uh, we were invested in the past as, as Gizmox, but still very interesting uh, by, by Citrix, and another uh, strategic investor. Um, and we're, vest- we're invested in, uh, um, uh, from, sorry, from Atlas Ventures okay. as well. Um, and some Israeli... Uh, so you round A, B, C, or you can't say? B. B, okay. Now, are you an Israeli company? 
I mean, we are an Israeli company. Yeah. Okay. So you're one of the many that I end up in, uh, interviewing quite a bit. It's interesting the number of startups that. Uh, I, I think there may be more in Israel these days than there is in Silicon Valley, but I could be wrong. I just the numbers are high, yeah. And a lot of them seem to be doing pretty well. To be fair, we're at we're at uh, Bryform, obviously here in Denver. But you know, walking by your booth, you're a vendor here. You know, you you guys won Citrix uh, a Citrix Energy Award. I know you've won a couple other awards in the past. Let's break down what you do. And, you know, kind of, you know, at some point we're going to talk about who you see as your competitors and all that. And, you mm-hmm. know, a few of them are here. But yep. let's let's start with the basics. So you have a Windows legacy app, Windows 32, 64-bit. How, how does it work? Yeah. So we're currently supporting, we're extending the support of different applications um, um, very constantly uh, over the over the time. Uh, but we currently support all the Win32 applications, also 64-bit applications that are running on uh, Windows also, .NET Windows Forms. Uh, again, there's massive amount of those type of applications. So, if it's built in .NET or any 32 or 64-bit Windows application that, if I remember correctly, uses the Win32 API. Yeah, it can use the Win32 APIs. We we can capture that all the Windows messages, um, and so that's how that's how it works on the Windows level. We do some image processing as well, so we we do some uh, stuff that uh, not necessarily going through Windows. But uh, yes, so that's that's the type of applications that we're doing. And, and obviously, since you know you spun out of Gizmox, you had all this talent in HTML5, looking at web forms. You mentioned .NET. That certainly helps. Yeah, of course, of course. So one of our biggest advantages as a company is our assets um, of uh, you know a complete suite of Windows controls, Windows-like controls with all the set of events, and all the set of uh, um, you know uh, support for Windows interaction. On the browser, in the so, browser, so, so, so HTML5. So you built them already, mm-hmm. and you kind of took them with you. Exactly, exactly. We took the entire f- f- platform that was targeting developer at the past, but currently is you know free. You can download it from the web and visual web website. And uh, but we took all those assets and um, the way we do it, which is very interesting. We'll probably get to, get to that uh, very soon. But the way we do it, we kind of like decompose the original application, recompose it on the HTML5 side. And then the, the planner environment allows you to really control this application and, and very visually and very simply create the, the, um, the mobile user interface, whether you know, mobile phone or tablet or so forth. But uh, the HTML5 presentation, representation of this Windows application comes directly from VWG. So we map one by one all the controls, all the sophisticated grid views and tree lists and tree views and all those things are translated one by one to an HTML5 platform, which allows us to perform uh, uh, what we call this mapping. Okay, so one last question around. How big are you? How many people? We are about around 35 people. Um, the engineering is in Israel, as uh, you mentioned. And our uh, headquarters are in uh, Boston, Cambridge, okay. Mass. Yeah, you have a place I'm very familiar with, with uh, quite, quite a startup community as well. So let's, t- let's take where you are. You talked about the fact that you do um, this mapping. You actually you capture the pieces and you map them. Let, let's dig into that. Explain how you do that. Okay. So we work in multiple levels, and we intercept. We call it interception is a one word that describes it all. On a different level, we intercept the original application. We understand the widgets. We understand the locations. We understand the layout. 
And what we do is we recompose, and obviously the data, which is very important, like if it's a data grid with tons of data or combo box, selection box, and so forth, we read this data, we recompose this application in HTML5 on the fly with zero effort. All you need to do in order to do that is just point on the executable and all the rest is done on the fly. So we install some um, agent on the Windows client side, uh, which can be you know, virtual client, doesn't have to be physical, or you know, physical is less likely even. So we install that piece of software and what it does, it does this interception and creates the HTML5 equivalent. That happens on the fly with zero effort. And then this mapping that I called uh, is actually, first thing is done out of the box, is mapped to an the application that looks like the original application in HTML5. And then we have the planner, if I have to describe Yeah, so, so, so let, let's talk about yep. the planner. I'm having seen a demo and walk through that. The planner is, it almost looks like it takes a snapshot of the original screen of the app and, it's, and presents you with a phone or tablet. And it looks almost like you drag and drop the elements that you want where you want them, it seems. Exactly. So that's very simple. The only thing that I would add to just a snapshot, it's a live snapshot. So the nice thing about it is out of the box, you get a web representation of the application that really works. Full application works in HTML5. That's very different from what we see in the market as, as our competition. Because what we, what we are able to achieve is, first of all, without any effort, create this HTML application that completely works. And during this work, and point and click, you know, really run the application, create the scenario on the desktop, you can imagine the uh, application on the, on the mobile side by clicking the elements. Not only that, in our planner environment, which is very unique, we invest a lot of effort there, we provide smart suggestions that allow you to think and uh, reimagine your application for mobile because there are many things that, you know, a typical business user, which is our target, we have to be very clear, the business user, not a developer, not a, anything like that, not just called code free, because code free is, you know, something that everyone says, but I think it's really uh, technical talent free, I would say. The person that needs to be uh, uh, in control and needs to create this application needs to understand how the original application works, and that's it. When so, they, yeah, so, to be, so to break it down, you need a user. You need um, a user, exactly. Yeah, That's you know, a very and and I, I talked about this in my session on Monday that, you know, as much as the business sets the business requirements and everything else, they don't always pay attention to how their users actually do things. And, you know, it, it's fairly straightforward from what you showed and what you talk about that um, having that user and being able to understand what they do is quite important. Exactly. So let's talk about the fact that you know once you refactor this app and you publish it out, you have the controls that are of the device. How do you manage that? So, for example, what you showed me was on an iOS device. You know, you could you know the chooser wheel from iOS. You do the same thing for Android. Why don't you talk a little bit about those sorts of controls? Sure. So uh, I'm sure you know, but HTML5 uh, is is much more uh, extended in the fact that it can use. Uh, the client device capabilities. So in HTML5, there are tags that allow us to describe uh, a date picker and all sorts of you know other types of controls like combo box and so forth. And what it does, it hooks up to the operating system and asks to show the operating system control. So even though it's an HTML5 application, it still uses all the common controls that are native on the device. So if you're running the same application on Android and on iOS, you'll get different kind of different experience which depends on the original application, uh, sorry, operating system. On the, on the device you're on. Now, yeah. one of the things that I th saw was interesting that may or may not differentiate you from your competitors is 
you actually have the app. So it's a one-to-one mapping between each user and on the back end, you're running an application. So if I have 200 people logged into an application, I have 200 instances of that application running in the back end. Do I have that proper? Am I saying that correctly? Or Yes. So, yeah. so the, yeah, it doesn't have to be a full Windows session, but you have to have an instance of the application running RDSH, for instance. or you know. So, so, to, so to be fair, you do stand on the shoulders of the VDI, desktop as a service, however you want to do that, that they have to have that in place that they can replicate those sessions. So the app is running in the background. Which is interesting because I, I would think that you know there are some security impl- Im- implications there that someone in the uh, data center can pull up a session you're on and see exactly what you're doing. For support, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. For security, not so much. But I don't know if you get those complaints. I'm curious about that. We don't, but we have a solution for that. There's a we can black the screen. We can make the, the screen black. You can you won't be able to log in if someone is logged in uh, and see what's going on behind the scenes. We don't have to have. A session open f- to run the application. The application runs on HTTP. It doesn't have to render. We hijack the uh, uh, we call it hijack. We hijack the DC and we kind of like render the uh, uh, controls that are rendering graphics that we need to drag to the mobile, um, not necessarily on the screen. Um, so we can do all those things to prevent people from uh, connecting to the session that you're connected. But again, on the data center, they can do it today with the Zenapp session as well. Um, if it's a physical desktop, I agree with you that it might be a problem. But again, making the screen black, not allowing people to. Uh, so you've thought of this. You've yeah. built in some controls. Excellent. Uh, there are a lot of people who are doing app refactoring. Who do you see as your closest competitors? Um, you have maybe one or two here, but because you certainly weren't the first for app refactoring. Yeah, I think it was for Um So yes, we definitely see uh, app refactoring as a as a, you know a thing. It's becoming more of a, of, a, of a space that shows that you know there's a need in this market, and we're very happy to have competitors in this market because it means that you know people are looking for this this type of solutions. We weren't the first, but we are the first and the only ones that are able to do it this way, which means that we're representing the application for a business user as is and allowing him to reimagine the application without any need for technical uh, um, capabilities behind the scenes and so forth. Uh, we're aiming for a product, so it's uh, for us. We kind of like narrowed to Windows. We're going to extend in the future, but we narrowed to Windows and the type of applications that we're doing because what we're about to sell, what we're selling now, is is just a product that allows people to out of the box plug it in and make use of some reference and allowing you to learn the planner better and do better use of it, make better use of it. But out of the box, it's like PowerPoint. You just open it and start working. So, so, so you'd say one one of the significant factors that put or feature sets that puts you above your competitors, you'd say, is the ease of use, the drag and drop, to be able to look at it if you're starting from a Windows app. Target user, I would say. Okay. Target user is the user. As you said in your presentation, I listened very carefully, I really think that the user is the center and the user should say what they want and they should be able to really uh, create it. And cycles are very easy. You don't need to compile anything. You don't need to deploy anything in, the, in a special way. All you need to do is save and publish. And you're there. And if you need to do a fix, you go back to the planner, drag another field, you click save. Everything is there. Um, uh, source control capabilities, not source control, but kind of version control. So, so let's talk about the user now. The user has a device. You know, I have a device. I'm running an app that's gone that uh, 
redoized, whatever, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Is it an HTML5 app? You know, basically an HTML5 stub launcher. Is there actually an app on my device? Is there a translation piece? How does it work for the user? What's yeah, the that's technology a very good question. and then how does it work? So, at a very basic level, it's an HTML5 application. You can run it from any browser. Typically, not the scenario because people are looking for additional, uh, I would say, security. So, if you're in the organization, Safari of iOS or Android browser might work for you well with SSL, obviously. But in most of the cases, what we see is people are using uh, MDM solutions and the secure browser, uh, secure browsing with the, you know, um, works web or AirWatch uh, browser, and it works very well for them. So then they can uh, securely either VPN or micro VPN back to the system. Uh, if the web server is not published uh, outside, or I would say uh, it, it's behind the firewall as opposed to in the DMZ or something like that. Um, and another option is to make the application hybrid because our platform, and as I mentioned, we're coming from uh, developer tools, so we have all the support for PhoneGap Cordova solution that you can go ahead and, and, and really wrap your application, uh, uh, create access to APIs, but not necessarily if you don't need them, uh, but install the application as an app, as an app and then uh, allow MAM solutions to control it fully and so forth. Let's talk about your customer base. Are you seeing more people just putting them out as web apps, whether they're secure or not? You know, mm -hmm. secure browsers fine. Yep. Or do you see more of the wrapping, you know, phone gap like type thing, Xamarin or whatever? Frankly, and, and, and I think you might actually see more from Xamarin just because you're a .NET shop, but that's just a guess. Um, not necessarily. I, what, what we see, frankly, I was surprised to discover that uh, even though you know uh, browser and so forth kind of like you know less controlled you know to, to some degree you know MDM and MAM are less controlling those type of applications we see more browser simple browser than uh, wrapped applications uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to continue uh, forever but I think I think what we see now is people are they want to support multiple type of devices HTML5 it's responsive to a degree that you can really take different devices, target one phone, get multiple phones deployed, and there are no fixes that required. So people are, are looking for the browser and not to really compile. With iOS, again, it's an advantage because otherwise you need to go through the Apple uh, certification and so forth, put it in the App Store. Um, but I mean, I would think one of the advantages is when you update the app, it, they don't have to run an update on their device because it's a browser. It's a browser-based app, essentially. It's 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 always like that. Even with a hybrid app, it's going to use HTML5 and it's going to run from the server. So if the application changes, you're right. But if we if we update the container for some reason to support another API, local you know uh, uh, device that we want to support, maybe connect to camera is simple. Camera is browser-based, but you can do other stuff as well. Um, and and then if you want to update the container, obviously you need to update. So you'd say from your from your clientele, you're pricing eighty percent browser. Yeah, based? yeah, probably eighty percent, even even more today. But probably it's going to be eighty percent. Fairly high. So what are the what are the actual pieces? So I'm guessing there's a server in there somewhere that's got to be man in the middle or something. Correct. Yeah. So uh, as you can imagine. So so first of all, we're installing a piece of software on the uh, Windows session. Obviously, that's the interceptor or the, the uh, agent. Yeah, an agent on the. Um, it's seamless. It's running there. It's configured to control those applications that you configure to be controlled, and that's it. Sim and it's not requiring any special resources because all it, it does it hooks up to the Win32 or CLR. It really depends what we're doing and which type of applications. We're connecting to that and delivering the information to a server. This server is a web server. 
highly scalable. We've been investing on this uh, server deployment HTML5 platform for the last eight years as, you know, as Gizmox before that. So it's highly scalable. We have customers that are using thousands of thousands of users uh, on, you know, just a few servers. So it's a web server that's running there as the man in the middle, as you mentioned. Uh, what it's doing, it's serving two purposes. One, you can access the planner environment through that server, but that's multiple, you know, just uh, you know, few ser- a few users typically. Um, and obviously, that's the entry point for the uh, end user. Okay. And it's scalable. So when we start talking about refactoring, I mean, here at the show, at the Brian Madden, sh- at the Brian Forum show, I don't want to call it the Brian Madden show because it's not. You have Hop Two here. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Star Mobile. They both do things very differently. Mm-hmm. You have Capriza, who I think was one of the pioneers of this, regardless of they do do it differently than you. Yep. Where do you fit in with your competitors? Yeah, so that's a very good question. So first of all, with Capriza, we know the team. We were, you know, we, 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 know, we know them very well. We know them from uh, uh, the beginning. We're actually neighbors in, the, in Israel, in Farsaba, where, the, where our offices are located. We were neighbors. Now they're not there anymore. Anyway, uh, Capriza is focusing on web apps, okay? They're focusing on web apps. They're focusing on web apps. Specific web apps are actually more vertical than custom, right? And they're doing it in a fairly, uh, uh, you know, similar way in, the, in terms of they're showing this planner. We call it planner. They call it designer. doesn't matter. Showing this planner that is very visual. shows you the original application really in a working mode because it's a browser. Mm-hmm. They have the advantage not to have to any, do anything to run it in the browser. And it's in the browser, and a point and click, and they do uh, their uh, conversion. What we're doing is doing just the same, but for Windows applications. So our tough part is just to connect to this Windows application and, again, map it to HTML5, and that's our advantage with VWG. So we're doing it this way. So our technology is very, very different. Also, we think that our planner, and, again, we're making, we're making a, a huge effort and we're investing a lot, tons of, uh, of resources on making this environment usable by the user, by the end user, not having to know anything about kind of take user it, experience. Take it, out of the, take it out of the hands of IT other than setting it up and letting the users figure out which apps and just associating with the IT of we need this installed on the desktop so that it can replicate out and we can run as many users right. as we need to. Right. Well, the advantage of having you, since you're the CTO here, is I can ask you about what future plans can you tell me about where you guys are going and what you see? So, that, you're, that you're allowed to tell me, and really it's between you and me, just the fact that I have listeners and a microphone in the middle, ignore that. Yeah, completely. So I would like to uh, uh, um, you know, talk about the complete roadmap, but I would say this. The company's strategy is to uh, be a strategic component, I would say a layer, that allows you to take all your business uh, assets, I would say the processes, the data, and so forth, and in a unified uh, environment allows you to build mesh app and, uh, and create mobile applications and mobile micro apps uh, that fit your users and the most important thing be dynamic and respond to market needs because just creating a mobile app you can hire someone that does it probably going to cost you a lot it's going to be painful but that's not a one-time thing we believe that applications are really dynamic things are changing market needs are changing and what you need today is not necessarily what you're going to need tomorrow so you should have the ability as a user, and as a business user, and as a business unit to, you know, fine-tune and change the application that you have and the processes that you have on the fly with minimal effort. Yeah, I, I have to admit that, you know, one of the advantages of your product is 
if you're refactoring a Windows app and you discover that people are using it differently, it's not very hard to change the piece. The planner is very simple to use. Do you see yourself actually becoming a development house? In other words, okay, we've done Windows 32, and you, know, you kind of have the Gizmox background, but do you see a way of helping people? You know, right now, you're refactoring apps, but you're not really going against backends. And I, I'm, try, I'm trying to lead you somewhere and see how much I can get out of you, but <laughs> you know, some of your competitors do, some of them don't. Yep. Kind of curious where you're doing there. Cause so, so our approach is focus. It doesn't mean that we don't do other other things, but until they're out there, they're not there. What we're doing now is we're supporting Windows applications, but as I mentioned before, that's not the strategy of the company to stop there. We're looking at a much broader picture. So I, I hope that answers. I, I, I can't I can't get you to actually say what I want you to say, but you're you're, you're beating around the bush, and it's not a burning bush, so we're okay. Yeah. Okay. So that gives us an idea. So I, I you know, I'm going to interpret for you. And, you all can't see. I'm hoping he'll nod yes or no, but it sounds like there are aspirations out there to build a bigger platform that's not just constrained by Windows apps, Windows legacy apps. And he's sort of not saying anything, but where do you, you know, you're putting out an HTML5 app, and obviously most people are using, you know, they say 8% of the users these days use uh, native apps versus no. HTML5 apps. Completely agreed. So, so, so you know what? I think, I, again, getting back to your session was very good. I think it really depends on what the application should do and or is targeting. And what we're targeting is enterprise data-centric applications. And, you know, coming from a background, again, eight years doing developer tools for HTML5, I can tell you that those type of applications are almost... The, the difference in performance and you know responsiveness and stuff like that with the new HTML5 and the devices almost not noticeable to not noticeable at all, and the reason that I then people still like the idea of HTML5 was a promise at some point people kind of like were disappointed because didn't right, deliver right once use everywhere right right once use everywhere everyone wants that but back then at the time it it didn't really deliver I think today it's much more ready specifically again. Not for everything, but specifically for those data-centric applications, those applications that are CRMs, ERP, EHRs, those applications that run the business, the applications that are very important for our employees to run the business. Um, and again, coming that, from... That, that have a Windows front end. Windows front Today. end. Today. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, those are the typical applications that are still there. You think about, you know, you know well, what's it, out there. As much as, I want mobile, as much as I want to get rid of legacy applications, I know that they're going to be, you know, they're kind of like cockroaches. They're never going to fully die. I just hope so. So looking at that, and, you know, it's, it's an interesting take on it. What do you, how do you handle, you know, HTML5 now has some caching abilities and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Do you handle offline or? We don't at the moment. But again, it doesn't mean that we won't do it. It's on your roadmap somewhere. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. It's like pulling teeth here, <laughs> listeners. Um, but but it's kind of fun. You know, it, it's fair to say that that's happening. So how do you handle um, spotty coverage? I mean, you, ha you have to build some resiliency into these web apps. And so, you know, you're switching from 4G to 3G to Wi-Fi to, yeah. you know, you have dropouts, bandwidth constraints. How do you handle that? So that's a very good point, and I'm happy to say that since we have VWG as a platform, Visual Web GUI is a platform, sorry, call it VWG, that's the initials, 
um, it's, it's already handled it, handling it out of the box. So two-thirds of our products, let's say this way, two-thirds of our products is based on a platform that we've been investing on, uh, registered patent and so forth, on the last eight years. And it handles very well low bandwidths. It's the platform that was, you know, actually delivering the best performance for bad network connection and so forth. It's a highly optimized AJAX interaction between the client and the server. I can talk hours about that. Please and, don't, and but I it'll won't. be too technical. Will not, exactly. That's not fair. It won't be too technical, but to be and it'll be too boring. Too boring, maybe. Yeah. At least, at least for me. I'm sorry, listeners. If you want to hear about um, AJAX <laughs> controls and other thing else, um, I'll, I'll push you to a developer. Yeah, you got to maybe on a high level. It, it really handles it very, very well. So, you know. I got to say, it's interesting to hear because you're a year and a half old startup, and in reality, you're an eight year old company. That's true. You know, so, so, so interesting it, point. It, it gives you advantages that the others don't, and you know that kind of that makes it fun to a certain extent. Where do you see the market going? You're part of this market. Mm-hmm. First of all, is there room for all of you? I think so. I think the market is huge. There's a lot of need. I, I really, I really think that the competition here is a good sign. It means that, and there's more and more competition as we go. And to some extent, you can count those, you know, uh, development platforms as well as part of the competition because they're delivering alternative solutions for some of the things, you know, if you have APIs and if you have stuff like that. So I think it's really, really good. We're very happy to be in this space. I think it's going uh, to, it's going to be uh, a big thing. It's going to, you know, uh, probably the future of Windows to some extent. Because you know people are less going to consume you know Windows desktop are still going to consume it anyway. So so let me interrupt you. Do you see you guys playing a large part in Windows 10 and those who don't want to turn their legacy apps into universal apps? I think yeah. I think that's an accelerator. I don't think it's a it's the only thing, but I think it's accelerating uh, uh, the fact that people want to you know still maintain their existing assets. They don't want to do a lot of things. They might probably not, in some cases they don't have any. They can't really do that. They don't have the code. It's an ISV application managed by, I don't know, IBM, CSC. Or the, the, deve- or the developer left. The developer left, died, sorry. But, uh, you know, things like it that. Happens. It happens. It's the old got hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. And, and those things, they cost the risk, the complexity, um, the time, obviously, right? So, so, so it's not necessarily a good path. And the ability to repurpose and extend those applications to the new form factor uh, is really compelling, I think. It's going to be compelling. And where do, you see, where do you see this app refactoring space going with the likes of the big people like Citrix, VMware, um, Microsoft? You know, even, you know, even Google plays a little bit in this, but you know, as you start looking at mm-hmm. you see some consolidation coming? Do you see, you know, you mentioned that you're seeing a lot more vendors. People are, mm-hmm. people are kind of jumping on this bandwagon all the time, mm-hmm. but at some point, you guys see some consolidation. Do you see the big boys starting to play? Yeah, but I definitely see uh, big boys starting to play. Probably gonna, you know, take something that exists and you know integrate, acquire whatever. Um, I, I really think that those uh, virtualization co- companies uh, will will have their own solutions at some point, and will obviously push their own solutions. But as everywhere, there are solutions coming from the big vendors. There are also so- solutions that are remaining independent and successfully some are not 
But I think, yeah, it's going to behave just like the, all the other, you think about MDM, right? Same thing. Right? Every, all the giants got their own, and, uh, and there are still dependent vendors. And, and you play very well with, it, with um, EMM companies. Yeah, exactly. So we integrate very well. Integration is actually fairly simple for us. Uh, secure browser or you know wrapping the application then containerizing it it's a simple application to wrap and containerize into control so we're playing very well working with Air, airwatch very well working with um, um, mobile uh, iron mobile iron obviously and and all the big vendors actually mass 360 we, 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 we won't list them all but they're yeah. all they're all there they're all there how do you guys so how do you integrate with things for, you know for like SSO you know you put in a container how do you enable those sorts of pieces so SSO is, is an interesting interesting piece because yeah, there's the SSO on the Windows side that is in some cases handled by a third party we don't care I mean we connect to the executable if it does SSO it does SSO it's seamless to us so you can still still have it there on the front end side or I would say on the authentication side the first entry to the system and so forth NetScaler and two-factor authentication, everything third-party can plug into our thing or we can plug uh, uh, to this thing. Because if you think about it, all we need to do is Active Directory authentication and anything that can provide us that is good for us. It's integrating very well. So, yeah, SSO is not... We we don't want to implement it ourselves. There are solutions out there, provide their things, and we're just integrating into that. When do you find you have to say, no, we're not the right solution? At the moment, you know, if there's an application that we don't support, like Java, you know, front end, we say no. Um, and uh, I like that. At the moment, hint, and, listeners, hint. No, no, no. That that's not a hint. That's actually on the Windows side. We're going to cover the important technologies. That's not a. That's that's. Something well, well that, yeah. I, I'm just wondering. I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to guess at some point you're going to look to support Java applications. Yeah, that yeah. Could, that, that's that's true. That's true. The Java applications. So when I say hint, I'm just saying it's on your roadmap. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is uh, definitely. I, I, I'm going to pull this out from you. You know, tooth by tooth. <laughs> no, that's actually that's out there. Um, but um, so. Uh, where was I? Um, when do you yeah, have so, to say no? Yeah, so we we say no when the when the uh, uh, technology is not supported, or when the application is is really we had one that you know uh, kind of like was 3D graphics and a lot of you know things like that. We we do, but we don't do as well as you know maybe other solutions that have their own protocols like you know optimizing videos and optimizing 3D so, graphics. So, sometimes so it's better to say no because it'll, although it'll work, it won't do your product justice. It, exactly. And again, it comes down to the users and if the users aren't happy. Exactly. It's not a win for us. It's not a win for us. For us, a win is a happy customer that, you know, it delivers and, and they get what they want, you know, in the best way that we can provide them. What do you want to leave our listeners with? Good question. I think, I mean, Redo differentiates differentiate by the fact that it makes it simple. It targets the user, yep. and it provides us the ability to really, um, you know, to really be dynamic and respond to market needs. And although we're a bit more narrow than the others, we can do any app and things like that. We don't do any app, but the apps we do, we do the best. Okay, that's awesome. Now. Where can people get more information? Is it www.redo.com? Yeah, or redo.mobi works too. Redo.mobi makes yeah. sense. You're a mobile vendor. <laughs> yes. Um, you guys are on Twitter. 
Um, we are. You, you did reach out to me, and I, I know you follow me. So certainly some great places to go. Yitzhak, I want to say thank you for being on the MobileCast. This will be out in a couple of weeks because we have a backup of so many episodes. But thank you very much. Thank you from our listeners. Thank you so much, uh, Brian. I really appreciate it, and I think it was a good discussion. I liked it. Excellent. And listeners, this is the last mobile cast from Bryform, at least I hope, because I have a presentation a little bit, and uh, it's the last day. But um, you'll be seeing a lot of these, and we'll be after this, we'll have episode 10, and it should be kind of cool. Talk to you, talk to you all soon, and hope you're having a great August. Bye.